0: first song is called dance. I just want to encourage those who want to dance for the Lord. The Bible says that David, he danced before the people A King dancing. He said I'll become even more indignified than this. So I encourage you to dance. If you don't want to dance, that's fine. We're just going to worship the Lord in this place. Amen. saying, we want more of you. And God is our expression of worship. We just want to just dance before in your presence. Come on, unashamedly. Come on, right now you're amongst brothers and sisters that are crazy for God. Come on. We're going to sing this again. Let's do it. Come on. I'm after. And I'm after your heart. but should I be still when the worship starts, Lord? I'm so in love with you. What can man do? Can't hold me back anymore Come on Let me see you spin You spin over me And you are pleased when I spin myself on you I'm gonna let go Here we go Really worship, letting my dance come forth Dance, dance, come on we Let the spirit move you, dance Dance, the Holy Spirit in you, dance, dance, and let the Spirit move you, we move for you, oh Lord, we'll dance, we'll dance for you, come on, oh lift up your worship, we'll dance for you, God. Dancing. My heart is overwhelmed, and I will dance for you. Come on! You gave me, you gave me love that broke down fear. My heart is overwhelmed, and I will dance for you. Come on, sing that out. You gave me love that broke down fear. My heart is overwhelmed. I will dance for you, yeah, oh my heart, my heart, my heart, and I will dance, I will sing, and I will praise, you will praise, we dance, we dance, we let the Spirit move you, dance, we dance, the Holy Spirit in you, dance. Let the Spirit move you, oh, just your voices, we dance, we dance, and let the Spirit move you, dance, come on, we dance, the Holy Spirit in you, dance, dance, let the Spirit We give you permission right now to just stir us up. Come on. Stir us up, oh Lord, for the things of your kingdom, for the things that bring you glory. God of dancing brings you glory, we'll dance before you, we'll sing it unto you. Oh Lord, we'll dance for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had the spirit, we move you dance, dance. The whole every voice sing out. The Holy Spirit in you. Hallelujah. Come on. Stir it up today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we seek your face. Oh, come on, church. Just lift up your voice, run and worship. Holy Spirit stay. I need to feel your fire. I need to feel your grace. And Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come. And Holy Spirit stay. You come and breathe over me won't you come. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, here come. Holy Spirit, stay. I need to feel Your fire. I need to feel Your gaze. Holy Spirit, come? Lord, Holy Spirit, stay. I need to feel Your fire. She won't you come, won't you come, breathe over me won't you come, breathe over me, push it out, won't you come? Come, breathe over me. Won't you come? Need a few days, voice will come. A voice stay. invite you right now just with all eyes closed and hands lifted up to jesus to drink of his spirit the bible says that his spirit brings in the rivers of life the rivers of joy the rivers of peace come on he comes and he refreshes you come on just be refreshed by jesus this morning come on just say jesus i need to be refreshed by your spirit i need your river to flow through my life I need your power to flow through my life, Jesus, I'm drinking deep today. Those who are righteous
1: Let the Spirit move for a few more moments. Come on, Espirito Santo. Vien esta casa. Holy Spirit, come into this house. Move in power, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you. Let the Lord fill you up right now. If you're new to this, just close your eyes and just say a simple prayer. Lord, fill me up. Hallelujah. If you want more of God and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, just begin to speak in other tongues. Let the Lord pour out his Spirit fresh. Fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit.
0: We welcome you, Holy Spirit.
1: Hallelujah. Now let's just listen to what the spirit is saying. Amen. If the Lord gives you a word, speak it out or if he is speaking to you privately, let him speak to you. Let us hear what the Lord is saying to us today.
2: I am the giver of life. I am the giver of life to those who are broken, to those who are weary, to those who are in pain. I am the giver of life. You will find your rest in me, you will find your peace in
3: me, you will find your joy in me. For I only give life to those who are sad, to those who are lonely. I am the giver of life. Rest in me. Choose to follow me.
1: today to open up our lives to God oh yes Lord even deeper in my life God even deeper Lord oh thank you God oh amen in an attitude of prayer would you just sit down Uh, we're going to greet and fellowship in just a moment but just in this attitude of prayer would you just grab a seat man would you stay up here thank you I want to ask that uh, sister Bertha would come because I want her to testify. I was talking to her last week about her whole family, familia. Would you please keep standing her whole family comes and fills up this row. And we give it a hand clap for this family here today. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. I just you may be seated. Thank you. I just want Bertha to share with us what God has done in her family's life. And then I want us to pray for all of our families here today. Because I really felt it when I talked to her family last week. I said, I need to have them share. And I'm going to have Bertha speak on behalf of the family. And then we're going to pray for everybody's family. Amen. Just um, share what God did in your
3: family. How He touched your life. And I just started in April last year. And i very faithful with Him. Um, it started out with my older sister. You know, she started, she was a backslider. She came, you know, just broken and just crying she'll she helped me bring you know my mother my father here now we've never came that close in church before it was oh we go to this church we go to that church but never this close and um then my my mother encouraged my aunts and they're coming faithfully we're like seven probably seven or eight coming faithfully and my my younger sister she's come already and she's just growing and just it feels so awesome to to be able to share this love of God that I that I now know that I didn't know once and and was able to to share it with my family that I love the most and I just I just pray every day that I touch a new new life in my family because I know there's a few that still want to get closer and I just pray strong with all my heart that I just grow and grow and grow and i pray that this will be a church that i can grow in in a way that i just couldn't grow before and i just and i pray for all the families that are here so they could feel that joy and love of bringing your family and just getting closer and closer because we feel we feel the love here so we just and we just pray for more and more every day
1: would we all just stand up please because i'm going to have sister bertha pray now I'm going to have Sister Bertha pray. And let me just share the story behind the story. It was David Montez in the back. If you could just wave, David. It was him and his wife sharing the Lord with them at work. So using their testimony there. Would you just hold hands across this congregation? Because we're going to pray for each other's family, and we're going to pray for our families right now, that all of our families would come and fill these rows, that my cousins would come, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, moms and dads would come and get right with God. Amen? We know Metro Praise is not the only church, but we know this is a good church for them to come to. Amen? So, Bertha, pray for other families like you would pray for your own. Amen. Come
3: on, Jesus. Father God, my Lord Jesus, I pray for each and every single family to grow in you, Father God, to know the Lord and be filled with your love, Father God. May they seek the word of you and just be encouraged and filled with you, Father God, each and every single one of you. Never uh, forget to pray for each of every one of them because you don't know when God will just touch their heart and they just feel okay i'm going to come to church because that's what lord wants he wants every one of us to come to him to come and bow down and pray just for forgiveness and, and and just be new again be born again so i just pray for each and every single one family members my own still to grow there's many more more rooms to be filled here we want to grow in you father god give us the strength and never feel weak in your presence father god Thank you, Lord, for always being faithful. Amen.
1: Amen. If you believe your family's coming to the Lord, come on, bless him. Amen, amen. Now we're going to fellowship. We're going to play a fellowship video. Would you stay standing? Greet four or five people. Tell them you're happy to see them. I know it's some birthdays today, so tell somebody happy birthday. Maybe it's their birthday, amen. Welcome to Metro Praise. God bless you. You may begin to make your way back to your seat. Good to see you this morning in the house of God. Welcome. Amen. It is so amazing to see everybody here filling up the house Sunday morning, 9 a.m. You guys get to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Aren't there some big football games going on today? Is Tebow's game today? Oh, they already lost. When did they lose? What did they play on Saturdays now? Yeah, playoffs. Really? Poor guy. But how many believe Tim Tebow did a good thing for the body of Christ, though? Amen. Hey, Amen. Wasn't he enjoyable, man, just to watch? And man, they say he set records on Twitter because people were so interested in, in what God was doing through him. You know, that kind of goes into the series that we're talking about this week is the nine mountains of influence. And, and he was using his influence. And now who's playing today? Is the Packers playing today? You know, we have no Packers fans here. Can you play a little something in the background for us Thing. What happened to the Bears? The Bears just lost really bad a long time ago. That's so, you know, you could tell I don't get into sports. You know, during the Super Bowl, I've told you guys this before, during the Super Bowl, you know, they have these shows, like cooking shows and different things for the women. They'll have, like, some big grand finale for America's Next Food Network star or something. That's what I watch. I'll be watching that with my wife, you know, because sports never did it for me. I play sports, but I don't watch sports. I don't know. Is there any other men like that? Maybe one or two in the back one. (laughs) But you never really played sports, Andrew. Did you You really play them? Okay, I'm sorry. I kind of... I feel bad I put you down. I know. It's like you didn't have that athletic look to him, you know. Well, welcome to our 9 a.m. service. We do more than talk about sports, but it's just good to have you here this morning. We have 11 a.m. service every Sunday, Wednesday encounter nights for the midweek prayer time, and also Royal Rangers and Impact for our children. And then Elevate... Come on, Elevate Teenagers here every Friday at 7.30,
0: blowing up for God. Uh, Tell us what's going on this month. Exciting exciting activities. This month, obviously, we're going to the Winter Retreat next week, uh, but at the end of the month, we're having just an all-out worship service. We're inviting the S-U-M band, and so we want to give the youth that feel, like just worshiping the entire night, just giving their all to God. So that is at the end of this month. Invite your friends. It is happening the last Friday of January.
1: Amen. Dude, come on. And then retreat. for all. We're going to talk about the retreat right now, so can we just Make some noise for the retreat. Come on. We're just going to hand out the sign up sheet right down the road. Just everybody sign their name. You are going, okay? You are going to this retreat. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, okay? We're leaving this Friday. We're meeting at the church at 7 a.m. We want you there, okay? We want you there so bad. God is going to touch your life, He's going to change your family. We're going to meet at 7 a.m. We're going to drive out about an hour to Lake Geneva. The church out there is going to host us. We'll be out there all Friday. We got a hotel. We're spending uh, the night in Friday night. And then Saturday, we're going to do it over again and then come back home. And what's going to be really cool is that Sunday night, everybody say next week. We're going to have a 7 o'clock revival, Holy Ghost service. So I want you to bring all of your friends. We're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to recover. We're going to cast out El Diablo in Jesus' name. We're going to speak in tongues. We're going to give give this neighborhood something to know us by. Amen. They're going to know us as those crazy shouting church. I hope they see a cloud of glory over the building. Amen. 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 So, what we're going to do right now, let's give all of the children permission slips. Let's get the sign up sheet. Where's the sign up sheet? Oh, amen. Let's just start passing it around. Uh, Here is basically the cost. And if you can't come, it's F R E E free. Everybody say free. Okay. So, if you cannot afford it, you better come in Jesus' name. If I don't see you there and then I ask you why didn't you come and then you go, Pastor, I didn't have any money, I'm gonna be really upset with you, okay? I'm gonna catch a charge or something, man. Because I'm gonna have to hold back because I'm gonna be so upset. Because listen to me, we are a family, okay? If 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 Nino or Nina doesn't have the money, we don't leave them at home and we go to Walt Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Everybody comes, okay? Everybody comes. And get rid of that machismo pride, maybe you're like, oh I'm not a Nino, but I just don't have the money. I don't want anybody to pay for me let the church pay for you this is your church and let the church do that for you we, we just believe here it's better to give than it is to receive. We just believe that. The place that we're going is not a retreat center. It looks like one, but it's a church. They give it to us for free, but we still give them an offering. But, but the reason why we can do this is because they give it to us for free. They, they're not charging us. We're The only thing we're charging for is the food and the hotel because, you know, we've got to have a place to stay. But listen, man, that's why if you can't afford it, we do the bunking style. We'll put you all up in one room. Come on, man. We'll do it old school style. Amen. Put ten of you in one bed. It ain't no problem with that. It ain't nothing wrong with what is wrong with that? Come on. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so teenagers, if you are under eighteen, you need to get a parent permission slip, okay? And then this sign-up sheet, as we got it coming down, just sign up. But if you're like, man, I want my own room, you got the shekels, this, these are the prices, okay? It's $100 for the room if you want a room by yourself. And then it's just $25 per person for the food, okay? So if you want a room by yourself, we understand that. Have a romantic time with your husband or wife. That's great. So $100 for the room, $25 per person. If you want to share rooms and how we do it, like, you know, two to a room, two people, two or three, sometimes a little more than that, it's $50. So it's $50 and we'll we'll pack you in and then if, like i said if you can't have any money just come and just live for jesus amen does anybody remember the movie the titanic Did they, all of them at the bottom down there but hey they got to go out every now and then And they got to some of them got to live you know so it's like i don't know where i'm going with this but the bottom line is you get to be on the titanic so just come okay just come just come please come jesus will bless you uh, we want you to come so bad. And i got a special announcement coming up for Jared Boehm. Let's give it up for Jared. Jared's in charge of our evangelism ministry. He's got something very special he wants to share with you that maybe you guys can take part
2: in. Amen. How many heard of Mardi Gras? World's biggest party, right? We've, we've been to two of them preaching as SUM students. I know Pastor Joe's been to 10+. plus. Everyone say he's a vet. Come on, somebody. Mardi Gras will change your life. And not only will it change your life, but God will use you to change the lives of other people. How many know you can change somebody's life? In Jesus' name. So what we have is we want to take 12 radical on-fire disciples, load them up in the glory van, and, and head on down to New Orleans. The dates are February 15th to the 23rd. So if you got school, if you have work, you want to get those days off. Amen? Amen. Cost is $300. That's going to cover the food and the fuel. Now the the ministry that's hosting us, Raven Ministries, they're going to host us for free. But we want at Metro Praise to have a good name of sowing into the kingdom of God and being a blessing to them. Amen? So, So the rest is going to go as a little blessing offering to them. So that's pretty much the details. 15th through the 23rd. Going to cost about 300 shekels. If you don't have that, we'll make a way for you like we always do. Amen? And this will change your life. It will bless you. Uh, We're going to be out there at midnight on Bourbon Street, guys. Can you you just imagine that? Come on. You will get stretched for Jesus. It will change your life. So we have seven people by faith who are coming. And if you're one of those seven people, would you stand up? Come on. By faith. Come on, Rosa. If Rosa's going to come, come on, somebody. If Rosa can do it, so can you. So that leaves five. Say five spots. Are you one of the five? Like I said, by faith, you'll have the 300. By faith, you'll get those days off of work. But if you want to if you want to do the thing, if you know God wants you to be there, because God's going to get His people, talk to me after service, okay? I'm here all day. Amen? Amen. Let's give it up for Jared and the
1: team. Come on. Amen. It was so funny when he said that. Can you imagine being on bourbon street at 12 o'clock when i was imagining i had to stop imagining because i know what it looks like at bourbon street at 12 o'clock but here's the thing we are those crazy radicals for jesus christ this may not be for everybody but it's for somebody who wants to step up it's definitely not for children under 16 years old we don't do unless you're over 16 but here's the thing man why do we go out to those dark dark places so we can shine the light of jesus christ do you know that when I first came here, I said, I'm going to go to Boricua Fest. Do you know that Puerto Ricans told me not to go to Boricua Fest? Puerto Ricans, they said, oh, pastor. And I, don't, I can't do the accent. It sounds a little Mexican, but you got to bear with me here. Pastor, don't do it. Don't do it, pastor. They're crazy out there, guns and violence. And I'm like, that's why I want to be out there. That's That's where I want to be. Maybe we don't take our kids out there. I mean, it's getting safer, I guess, over the years, they say. But the the bottom line is we go out there for Jesus. Amen? When when I went to the west side, guess what they thought I was? They, They either thought I was a policeman or I was there to buy drugs. They said, what you doing here, white boy? What you want? And I said, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. they like, no, really, come on, man, what you want? And I'm like, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And we went back and forth. No, what you want, really? What? And, and now they know us. About six years, we've been going out to the west side, going out there every Wednesday, Saturday, touching that neighborhood for Jesus. What happens when we go to New Orleans, because I, I was uh, uh, first a pastor there seven years, okay? When we go to New Orleans, it stretches us. It gets us out of our comfort zone. And it's a, it's a time that we also have services out there. So it's not just you just show up on the street the whole time. Uh, the Raven team is probably going to have about 400 radicals out there. And they have the conference during the day, the ministry at night. SUM, the Bible college, they're going to have about 500 this year. Amen? Praise God. So just consider it, and uh, now you know. Amen? This is our vision. Can everybody say loving God? Loving God. Loving people. Amen. So glad to have you here. This is our vision. It's been our vision for seven years. And we are so excited to do this now in 2012 as we delve deeper into the things of God. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, 2012, we're going to delve deeper into things of God. Thank you. So we're going to keep that vision, loving God, loving people, but we're going to delve deeper and deeper into loving God. And here's our strategy. Can somebody say connect? Thank you. We want to connect you to the cross of Jesus Christ. And the way we believe best to do that is to have you join a life group. Does anybody get life at life groups at Metro Praise? Come on, make some noise for life groups. These are meeting every week. Seven different times for adults, three different times for youth. And what they are, is they are times of Bible study in the home, prayer, encouragement. You know, as I was redoing these books, because we're re-editing them, they're going to come out with new covers and just new designs, and it's going to have a little bit of extra information. As I was doing this, I began to realize just how special Metro Praise is. You know, sometimes I work so hard, I don't get a chance to even sit back and take a look at it. But as I was thinking about these life group leaders and the homes that are being lifted up to the Lord and the communities that are being touched. I just got to be so thankful that there is a church here that is reaching communities and homes with people just like you and I. Amen. And I just want to tell you, be a part of that. Join with that. Open your life up to somebody else. Don't go through Christianity alone. It is boring and you will get whooped on by the devil. I don't know about you if you were ever in a fight, but if you were coming to a fight, you know, You wanted to have more than the other guys had Amen Even if it was just going to be two people Squared off in the middle You just wanted to make sure When you showed up there You had more people than just yourself And that's the way I look at it We're going to fight the devil And we don't want to show up just by ourselves I want to show up with Nick and Salvador And Lauren on my side Can you say amen amen thank you and while you're there you can begin to ask them to mentor you into the seven step book welcome to your new life this book is awesome i was reading this and uh and nigeria was telling me the same thing you know what nigeria told me they said these are words spoken to you by god that's what they said and i like i got shy and i said no 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 these you know i just humbly tried to do it they said no these are words spoken to you by god we put 500 of of these in nigeria But as I was re-editing it, because I haven't read it for a while, I mean, I'll be honest, I have the the team leading this up, you know, so you go through this, you go through this, one of our team. So I haven't read it thoroughly in a while. And and I know me, okay, I know who I am. I know I'm Joe Irosic, I know my my feet stink, you know, I know I'm just a normal Joe, right? But as I was reading through this, I'm being honest with you, as I was reading through this, I was going, man, that's good. I'm serious, I'm reading through the book that God had me write, I'm going, that's good you might say pastor you are so full of pride listen to listen to i am serious i am reading it and i'm going man that is good and i remember what the pastor from nigeria said that god was speaking to me because i began to recognize i said you know what i didn't say that that is not joe speaking there i know who joe is i know joe's attitude that's god speaking i'm not saying this is the only book that god can use outside of the bible i'm just saying my friends give it a shot Listen to what God is speaking through. It's, it's, it's powerful to develop your Christian life. And what you do is you go to this life group, and then you get a mentor in your life. And they just begin to use these principles. And I was thinking about some of the people right now, even in the church, that I have to deal with counseling. I don't have a problem with that. But I think about how often the issue is dealt with right here, right here in the book. And I just want to give you an example of it if you haven't, uh, if you haven't got the book. But there is a part here, and it's, they're free online for, in PDF form. But there's a chapter here, number four, that's uh, living by faith. Can somebody say living living by faith? I want you just to hear this and tell me if this encourages you today. Because even reading this right here, it encouraged me. Just listen to this. Have you ever wondered what made the people of God to do all the great things they did? Moses split the Red Sea in two. Daniel spent an entire night in a den of hungry lions and wasn't even scratched. Peter walked on water to meet Jesus on the stormy sea. Do you ever think about what made them different from you and me? What made Peter so special? Why didn't the other 11 apostles walk on the water with him? What was so special about Moses? Why didn't Pharaoh and his great army part the Red Sea? The answer to all of these questions is actually very simple. Faith. Yes, faith in God changed their world. Does anybody need their world to change today? Come on, some. I mean, I'm just talking to somebody today. Does anybody, is anybody facing a situation today that is impossible by yourself and in your strength? Maybe financially in this troubled times with your family. The way they changed the world is through faith. Simple faith in God and His Word made them different from every other person in their similar circumstances. See, we are facing similar circumstances just like everybody else. They're facing the same circumstances you and I are facing. But you know what the difference is? Is faith. See, those are the types of things we want to teach you here. How to overcome those same circumstances. Yes, everybody on your job is having trouble. Maybe everybody on the block is having a messed up family right now. Whatever's going on in this culture, we may, we may be facing that same similar uh, problems, but we can have the knowledge to overcome that in Jesus' name. We can have the faith to overcome. The Bible says God's people suffer. for for a lack of knowledge. Amen? So please, get involved in the class. Join the life group. And then if you're really radical, you'll get into the mentoring stage. Can somebody say, mentor? Amen. And then somebody say, send. Amen. We want to send you out to change the world. Would you stand up with us, please, today? We believe if we do this, we could see 100,000 disciples in this city with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If you believe we can do it, somebody say, let's do it! it. Come on, somebody. I believe God for him. Okay, here we are right now. We are starting the year with a building campaign to get out of debt, to get some extra things. How many like the, the nice little wood trim right here? Uh, do you guys appreciate this? You see, it's these little things that we have to do in the church. Just the little things that if we don't do, the church doesn't look like the way we would want it to be. You remember the, the, the carpet was coming off. You know why? The, uh, the, uh vacuum cleaner thank you sir kept catching it and i don't know about you but that thing becomes like a little pet peeve to me you know and the way i look at it is is if i wouldn't want that in my house why would i want that in god's house amen how many have ever walked into metro praise and you said man this place is nice have you ever walked in and the rest of you what's wrong what's oh we're not nice no i'm just kidding no but really have you ever walked in here and you just go man this church is clean Have you ever walked in and said, man, the church smells good, it's clean. You ever look at the children's room and go, man, those toys look nice and new. You ever walk in and go, man, this place is nice. You know why? It's because people are making it happen. So this year, we have three months to do it, January, February, March, $25,000. Another major thing, and you could talk to Brother Benny. Benny, could you raise your hand? Let's give it up for Benny. He's our church mechanic. He's helping us right now. Also, we need about $5,000 in vehicle repairs and new tires for our two vans. As we pick up people. We need to do some extra beautification to the church. We need to repair the vans and we need to pay off past credit card debt. We're asking that you would help us at this time in our building fund, $25,000, three months. Would you pray and ask God for a number? We have the pledge cards in the back. You don't even hand them in. Keep the pledge card. Keep it for yourself and ask God to bless you. Amen. Okay. So last week was the first week you found out about it and we raised $239. Come on. Somebody say amen. Amen. I mean, that just, that just paid, right? That paid for that wood right there. That's, that's. There it is, every dollar counts. And we just want to thank you for that and join with us. And also we support our churches around the world in the mission fund. So if you're asking yourself, what is it like to be a part of Metro Praise? Well, we give tithes and offerings. Tithes are 10% that we give unto the Lord. And then in offerings, what we give to God. You can give it to missions or give it to the building fund. And you can know that it's being used for God's glory. Uh, Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for this church that you've made us blessed to be a blessing, that you're supplying all of our needs according to your riches and Christ Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to bless your people today. Uh, Lord, right now, they're asking for $1.2 trillion to increase our debt in America, which will be more than our gross income. God, have mercy on this nation. We need your help right now from our president to our leaderships in Congress, Lord. Lord, help our businesses and what we're going to even be talking about today. uh, The the business owner, the one who starts it, to the one who works as a janitor. Every position, Lord, help us to be the best we can be. Make America great because we trust in you and not in money. In God we trust. Let that be our heart. And bless our children, Lord, not just this generation, but our children's children. Help us to leave forth an inheritance for them. And, Lord, also our heart is always on the missions. I spoke with them this week in Nigeria, Pakistan, India, Nepal. Father God, they're asking for our prayers. Many of them are growing, and they need new facilities. They need new books and materials. Help us to support those 200 churches that are metro praises around the world. You gave them to us, God, and we take that responsibility serious. So bless us to be a blessing to them. In Jesus' name, and can everybody say amen. Amen. Let's say what Paul said as our economic plan for the year. Amen. Here it is. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Would you come forward rejoicing as you give today? Thank you so much. Amen. your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, We're going to continue on in our series. This is what we're talking about the beginning of the year for January and February. So good to see you here this morning. Can you look at your neighbor and say, it's good to see you? Come on, put a smile on your face. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm glad I get to see you more. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Husbands and wives, don't get in trouble. Today, we're going to be talking about business. By the way, you can always give online at metropraise.org, and you can listen to all of our sermons online for free. Uh, so, last week, we talked about church. The other week was family. Today, we're going to talk about business. Next week, government, media, arts, charity, education, community missions. This is a series called Nine Mountains. Can you say Nine Mountains? Thank you. What we're talking about is Nine Mountains of Influence. Where the culture of today looks up to, and we as a church, should be at the top of those mountains, we should be the best families in our city shouldn 't we be the best families? Amen, How about we should have the best church right right here? amen they, they can, We can set the standard. they can be as good as us, but not better than us. Amen, Praise God, whenever I meet a church and they you know, talk to somebody and they say, "Oh, I go to such and such church I that 's a good church that 's the second best church in the city. And they always look and they go, why? I go, because mine's the best church. And I'm just teasing them. But you've got to believe you're the best to be the best. Amen? You don't show up on the field and go, oh, I'm just a loser. I'm going to lose today. No, as a man think so is so We believe we're going to do well. Amen? How about this? Today we're going to talk about business, government, and all of these other things. You can see we do look up to these in culture. But why not have the Christians be the leaders of these mountains? And when we're the leaders, people will look up to us and we can give God the glory. Amen? Amen. David Montez, I'm going to ask him to come up real quick because he has a heart for business. And as he's coming up, let's give him a hand clap as he comes. Come on. Here's a book that we're getting the series from, Michael Maiden, Turn the World Upside Down. And this will be the last week I remind you of that. But just wanted to show you a book to invest in where your pastor was really blessed. This is where I got a lot of the ideas. But uh, David, you had come to me or or texted me. Uh, over your time at a business conference just you went to recently at Hilton Head. You are so blessed. We look up to you in so many ways. Yes, come on. And you texted me something. I want you to share it with the people because it's so about what we're going to talk about today. You texted me about somebody testifying there and how successful they were.
4: Yeah, when well, we were, uh, praise God, uh, we were at a, a business convention, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, there was a $3 million a year earner there. He's, he's been in brokerage for for almost 30 years, and basically what he said is, um, you can't go home, slap the wife, kick the dog, and slap the kids on the way out, and then be a person in business that's successful. It won't, it won't amount to anything. And he talked for 45 minutes on being a man of God, being a husband to your wife, and loving your kids, and then he said everything else will translate into your business. So that was a blessing to hear, and that he had that, that, that uh, order in his life. So, Amen. Let's
1: give it up for Montez. Thank you for sharing that, my brother. Amen. And that was with Prime America. Amen. We have some people that work with that company if you're interested in having them do some financial planning for you. So here uh, David texts me and goes, Pastor, I'm, I'm listening to a guy that's making multi-millions of dollars, and he's saying that before we make multi-millions of dollars, we've got to put God first. Isn't that incredible? Why don't we hear that enough in our culture? You know why? Because we're mostly looking up to the Bill Gates, the the Donald Trumps, the people who don't put God first. And we as a culture need to go back to the founding roots of this country. Our country was built upon men and women of God. They didn't do everything right. They weren't perfect. But their principle was in God we trust, not in money we trust. So I'm going to ask today, whether you are a business owner, hope to own a business, or whether you work for a business, that today you'll see how you can be a part of the influence, the change of God in that place. Amen? Amen, because you can make a difference. I don't know if anybody ever saw Undercover Boss. Anybody ever see that? But these CEOs come undercover to check out their companies. And you know who they're always most impressed with? The people who do what would be the dirtiest job, the most minimal job, but they do it with integrity. Those CEOs say, if you don't do this right, we all fail. But because you do this right, you're a backbone of this company. So it doesn't matter if you're in business for yourself, if you're a small part of your company working part-time at Starbucks, some of our college if you work for the city, we have police officers here, a hospital nurse. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be a person of influence when you do what you do as unto God. Because the Bible says, do all things as unto God. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Let's look to Matthew 28, 18. This is the scripture for all of the mountains of influence. This is what Jesus said. He came to them and declared, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Can somebody say, Make disciples. Thank you, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Now, when we say that, you might think to yourself, well, I'm not a pastor, so that's going to be somebody else's job. But this is why we're doing this series today. We're doing this series because we know that most of you are going to go to a place of business tomorrow. How many of you have a job or something you're going to do tomorrow? Okay, how many of you wish you had a job and something to do tomorrow? Okay, you need to talk to those who raised their hands. Maybe they'll help you get a job. Let's try this again. How many of you have a job and you're going to go to work tomorrow during this week? Okay, amen. Thank you. We are all going to go to our work. Now, for me, I'm a Bible college professor, so that keeps it easy for me to make disciples, right? And you might say to yourself, Pastor, I have to go be a manager at the dollar store. Pastor, I've got to go be a nurse. Uh, Pastor, I've got to go work construction. I've got to go work at Starbucks. I have to go be a nanny. I have to go be a delivery man. I have to go be a repairman for the city. I have to go work on computers. How can I make disciples? I'm a salesperson. I'm a salesman. How can I make disciples? Well, today we're going to show you how to do that. You're not going to violate the, uh, the protocol of your business. We're not going to ask you to be the spiritual weirdy on your job. Woo, hallelujah! You know, just all the time, weirdy, until you get fired and then you're suffering for Jesus. Okay, You're not going to be the weirdy out there. Okay, We're going to show you how you can make a difference by being the best you can be on your job and then giving glory to God. But I want to introduce somebody to you first. Will you get the video for me, please? I want to introduce to you Mr. Green, the owner and founder CEO of Hobby Lobby, the biggest hobby business in the world, not just America, in the world, rivaling even to Walmart. And I want you to see today his Christian values and how he placed God in his life. And not only he as the owner, but also as the people who work with him are making a difference in the real world today. Would you play that for me, please, Andrew? Thank you.
5: In my junior and senior year in high school, I took a course called Distributive Education. Because of that, I was able to get out of school by about 1130 and go down to the local Five and Dime store and work during my junior and senior years. And I found myself loving the work and loving retail, and uh, I I took to it. I said, you know, this is something I think I could do. I don't know that my mother and father, being ministers, really understood that we all have a calling on our lives. And uh, as a result of that, after I got into retail, I really felt like I was a second-class citizen and a second-class Christian. And it took me some time to learn that, you know, God had a purpose for my life as well as any of my brothers and sisters, which all five went into the traditional pastor, pastor's wife, evangelist. During a time when I was actually a store manager at at, uh, a variety chain, I decided to start manufacturing something just to go in business for myself. And so we started manufacturing really small miniature frames in our garage, and that's how we got started in business for ourselves. And from that manufacturing, uh, we used the profits to open up our first store, 300 square feet, which is about the size of a living room. And then after that, we we made enough profit to take it to a 1,000 square feet, which was a big, big move we thought at the time. But over the years, God has blessed us, and we have continued to add stores, and uh, we're at the point this year where our sales are going to be $2.5 billion, and God has blessed us to be a very profitable company. Every day, there's decisions around here that has to do with, is this what uh, Christ would have us to do? And so we try to to ask those questions. There's many times that God tests us in terms of dollars and cents, like when he was dealing with us on on opening on Sunday. We said, you know, this is what God would have us to do. At that time, we were doing $100 million on Sunday. Not that we've always made the right decisions, but hopefully that we are very sensitive to uh, finding out what Christ would have us to do in our business.
4: Uh, We don't uh, set our Christianity on the shelf when we come to work. Uh, It is a part of our work. I think it should have an influence on every decision, uh, because as a Christian, that means that we are following Christ. Uh, That means that every decision that we make should be guided and directed uh, by Christ that lives within us.
5: It's a unique company to work for um, with uh, such core Christian uh, principles that, that dictate so much of what we do here that really kind of says it's not just about words, it's not just here's what we say, it's let us show you how we live.
3: The employees really feel the love that the Green family has for them. Um, They support a lot of ministries that invest in their lives. We're just grateful to be able to see not only the lives that it's touching here, but they take this information home, and it's making a big impact in their family as well.
5: I feel like the Lord has put these 20,000 employees in our charge, and he spoke to me about that at one time, and I thought at the time it meant only their spiritual and as a result of that, we've hired three chaplains. But, it, you know, when I gave it more thought, I think he also meant in terms of their financial needs. And so we felt like that we needed to do all we could do, step up above what, what's required of us. What is required of us is $7.25 an hour minimum wage. But the last couple years, we have raised the minimum wage to our full-time employees now is at $12. And in addition to that, we try to give them reasonable hours. That's why we're only open 66 hours a week. And uh, because we have taken care of our employees, they have taken care of us. It has been a good relationship.
4: I walked into one of our break rooms recently. One of the housekeepers was standing there. So I called her by name. I said, how are you this morning? She said, I'm just wonderful. She said, I clean restrooms and I clean floors to help David Green get the gospel spread worldwide. It doesn't matter who fills what position out here. There's that heart to please God in everything that is said and done. And that attitude comes from the Green family. This business uh, has been blessed by God. He has given uh, the family the skills and ability, the opportunity, the time, the ideas, all of these have come uh, in one way or the other from God. And so for us to lay claim to any of that would be wrong on our part. That helps us have the right perspective and understanding uh, and not feel like that it's ours to
5: do whatever we want to with. So we legally have a document that says if this company is sold, 90% of it would have to go to various ministries And the other ten would go towards maybe the health, maybe education, things of that nature for our great-great-grandchildren. We do not own this company, but we're the stewards. God has given us the responsibility to be good stewards, and that we want to do.
1: Come on, let's give it up for the Green family. The Green has got some green. Amen. The Green family got some green. And and I want you just to hear the numbers that they were saying. I mean, it's just unbelievable. They started in a 300-foot storefront, square foot storefront. That would be the size of our blue room or the yellow room with the children's room. And now they bring in over $2 billion. God told him to close his business on a Sunday. To close his business on a Sunday. And we can't even hardly get some business people to hear to come on a Sunday. They're so busy. I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday, uh, you know, at a family event. And I said, hey, man, why don't you come to church tomorrow? He said, no, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I said, what are you busy doing? He says, well, I, replay- I repair PlayStations and Xboxes. I said, well, how much do you get paid to do that? Well, maybe $100. And I said, man, I'll give you $100. You just show up to church. I mean, come on, what is worth it to your soul? is worth more than $100. But you know what Al Green sacrificed to close his business on Sunday? hundred dollars $100,000, $100 a $100, $100 million. You heard him, $100 million. And guess what? The Lord gave it back to him over six days of work. Six days of work. They increased past that $100 million and what they were doing in seven days because God was blessing them. Another thing that you heard him saying there is that if this business is sold, 90% of it's going to go to the church. So if there's some type of a hostile takeover, or whatever, hey, the profits, nobody's getting them. We're going to give them to the ministry. This man, by his tithe and the church tithes, have helped Joel Osteen get that place that they have in Houston. They tithe upwards of $10 million, million a year towards ministries off that $2.5 billion. They are givers. And then you heard something there as well that stuck out to me, stewardship. And that's what I want to talk to you today about is stewardship. Because it doesn't matter if God has given you millions of dollars or just thousands of dollars or even if you are a teenager right now and you have tens of dollars, just ten dollars, God wants you to be a steward over what he has given you. Everybody say stewardship amen and I just want to add something in here as well he said he was brought up in a pastor's family and they all wanted him to go into ministry but when he went into the 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 work field they didn't accept him they thought that he was like a, a you know not a real citizen of the kingdom of God it wasn't until later that he got accepted I I think I know when he got accepted when he started writing his tithes checks to the church amen and that that's when dad was okay with it he's like hey man woo! praise the lord I'm glad my son owns a business that's just an inside joke for me because he said it took a little while and I'm like I bet you the moment you wrote mom and dad a tie check they understood we're happy that you went into the, the business world and look at this uh today what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about shrewdness and stewardship everybody say shrewdness and stewardship thank you here are two biblical principles that we can learn from the Bible about business. And before I even get into this, if you're wondering if Jesus talked about business, he talked all the time about business. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked more about business and money than he did about heaven. Oh, it gets quiet. Not even hearing amen on that. I'm going to say that again. Jesus talked more about business and money than he did about heaven. Do you know why? Because in every parable, whatever Jesus used, it always pointed towards responsibility. He knew that you being a Christian would not be a cult member living on a commune. He knew that you would be placed in this world as salt and light. And so all of his examples are examples of managers with with their stewards, with the gardener in their vineyard with an owner and their land. All of his examples involved 90% of them involved business even the prodigal son when you think about what happens he says i'll just come home and be a servant and then my father will accept me but no the father puts a ring on him what did that ring mean you're back in daddy's business you see he always used examples of business because he understood that it's kingdom business that we can see in this world see because my business if it's in his business that's kingdom business I mean, y'all going to learn that. I might you know, went over, but we're going to preach it a little bit here. Look with me in Luke chapter 16, 1 through 13. Now, to, to talk about shrewdness here, to do justice to these scriptures, we're going to have to really read the whole passage, because if I just go over this quickly, you're not even going to believe what Jesus said. I can already tell it right now. Some of you are going to be like, Jesus didn't say that. So we're going to read it in its context. Are you all ready? Can you say, I'm ready? I'm ready. Amen. Thank you. Jesus told his disciples... There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So there's a rich man, he has a business, and he has a manager. His manager has been accused of wasting what the boss has. Let's go to verse 2. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. Okay, do you understand that what's going on here? A guy is getting fired. This is an example that Jesus gives us. A lot of times we think that Jesus just accepts everybody and just always says, Hey, you're going to heaven just the way you are. No, the Bible says you have to be born again to get into heaven. Otherwise, you're fired going into the fires. Everybody with me? Jesus is not Barney and he's not Mr. Rogers. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Okay, amen? So when he gives examples about people getting fired, these are examples to us of getting in some trouble in life. And he'll fire us if we don't do what he wants us to do. I'm just preaching before I get the whole story out of it because I want you to understand he is t- Telling us there's a rich person that's putting their manager on the line saying what have you been doing you've been wasting you're fired God's gonna hold you accountable one day get ready for it now watch what this manager does he says what shall I do my master's taking away my job I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg so he's going man I can't go into construction I don't have the hands to do this I am too weak to do this and then he's like I'm too ashamed to go beg he doesn't want to go on the side of the road with a sign he says, verse four, I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he gets an idea. Somebody say an idea. Thank you. He gets an idea, a creative idea, shrewd. Verse five. He says, so he called on each one of his master's debtors, and he asked first, how much does my ma- how much do you owe my master? So now he's talking to the people who owe his master money. He says, how much do you owe him? The guy says, 800 gallons of olive oil. He replied, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Now see what's going on right here. He's knowing he's going to lose his job. But part of his job was to work with other business people. So he says, for me to have a job when I get fired here, I'm going to become the friends of my boss's customers. So if I get fired, I'm going to go back to my customers, my boss's customers, and go, hey, you remember I changed your bill? Can you give me a job? Now, right here, we may say to ourselves, well, this is a bad thing. But you know what he's doing? Do you know if you have credit card debt and it's so beyond what you can pay, if you call them up and say, I'll settle and pay this much right here, do you know that some creditors will take that? You see, what he's doing is he's saying, guys, you're not paying 800 but would you pay 400 So he starts getting income to his boss as well because he's cutting down their debts and he's doing it to save his own skin. It's not me telling the parable, it's Jesus. Y'all with me? I'm just explaining it. Okay. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. Take your bill, make it 800 Verse 8, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted Shrewdly everybody say shrewdly Why was the boss happy? He was cutting bills even though he was dishonest because he was now starting to turn a profit He did more now knowing he was going to get fired Than he had done when he was trying to do his own job You know sometimes when people get threatened with being fired then they start working Well, that's what happened, but he's dishonest. What was he dishonest about? He didn't tell his manager what he was doing That's never good. It's never good to lie but the manager looked past that. The manager commended the dishonest, or the master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. What is that definition of shrewdly? We'll get to it in just a moment, but I want to tell it to you now. The definition of being shrewd is to act wisely with creativity. So the man knows he's going to lose his job. He starts cutting deals to save his own skin. The master says, hey, you're actually doing pretty good. You're actually getting some money to come. I couldn't get that guy to give me 800 barrels of oil. Now he's giving me 400. Couldn't get 1,000 bushels. Now I'm getting 800 bushels. You're doing pretty good. The master commended him. Now watch this, because this is where Jesus sticks it right towards us. For the people of this world are more shrewd in their dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Some of you probably never even knew that was in your Bible. That's why I had to have you read it. Use worldly wealth to get friends. Jesus said that. Yes, he did. Read it again. I tell you, use worldly wealth. What are we supposed to use? Worldly wealth. Everybody say, one, two, three. Worldly wealth. To do what? Somebody say, gain friends. Gain friends. So that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. He said, the people of this world are more shrewder than you are. Because we're children of light, aren't we? So he's actually pointing the finger right at us as he's saying, you know what? There's people downtown that want to make money for themselves, spend it on themselves. Then you want to make money to spend it on the things of God. Shame on you. You're lazy. You're not as strong as a businessman as they are to make their kingdom to build my kingdom. You're happy with the little you have. You're not shrewd enough. That's what he's saying to us. He's pointing out to us. He says the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than the people of light. How many know there's people right now that are using money for their own means right now? They're doing whatever it takes. They're working 80 hours. They're cutting deals. They're coming up with advertising. They're stealing customers all so that they can have more money. And he says they do it for themselves. They're more shrewder than you are to do it for me to get out there and to make things happen for me, using worldly wealth. Oh, come on, let's keep reading. Verse 10, Whoever can be trusted with very little will be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, how will you be trusted with real, true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, how will you be given property over your own? And then he says here to guard our hearts. He says, no servant can have two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, you've heard that before, but you never probably understood the context. The context is in Jesus telling you to use worldly wealth. And then he guards you and he says, but don't you ever love it. You use it, but don't you love it. You know, we hear all these rap songs, you know, and these songs from the 70s. Money, 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 money money. You know, we hear all these songs about money, but you never hear a song about hammer, 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 Washing machine, washing machine, washing machine, washing machine. You know, you never hear a song about that. You see, money is just a tool. It's just like a washing machine, a hammer. It's a tool. We're supposed to use it for something, not to love it. We're to use it. And what are we supposed to use it for? To gain friends. It's quiet. I'm going to say it again. I tell you to use worldly wealth. To do what? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior this morning? Am I lying? Did I sneak in and put this in your Bible? Did I get in in your house and put it in your Bible? Are we all reading the same Bible? Okay, now I'm going to tie it together so you can see this today. Shrewdness is to act wisely with creativity. You are going to be judged on what you did with your resources. The business world thrives on creativity and new ideas. The people of the world are more shrewd to make money than are Christians. While on this earth, Christians need to use resources to win souls. Don't love money. Use it as a tool. Is this building paid for by the good smiles and wishing of the people here? No, it's paid for by dollars and cents, isn't it? You see, if you don't go out there and use worldly wealth, we can't win people to the Lord here. You have to go out there and go get it. If you're not successful on your business, somebody else is. Hey, let's keep it real. Somebody else is. Any business you're a part of, you know, naming off companies of people I know, here, and I'm not going to try to embarrass any of them, Starbucks has a manager, probably makes around 50000 a year. Why? They work hard at Starbucks. They're going to take that money, and they're going to put it towards their boat on the lake. They're going to put it towards a new horse, and their my friends, you know, Adam's manager has a horse stable, they're going to put it on a new horse and guess what, if you don't work as hard as them you don't get that job, you don't get that money to put them to the mission field you can't support Africa and all the books that they need and all the orphanages that we need to build and all of those things why? because you didn't work hard enough for it you see, they're working hard for the sake of money, they love money and they're working hard and they will outwork you, they will outperform you, they will sacrifice more than you and then they will waste it on the things of this world, what Jesus Jesus is saying is when you get on that job, you be the best. You be the most creative. You do everything you have to do. When you get called into account, you stand before your manager and say, I'm doing the best I can do. Compared to everybody else, I've been faithful with little. I want much. Put me on the place for a manager. Put me in the place for the job promotion. Give me the new business, the new the new location. God is asking you to be the best at what you do. And it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter, like I said, if you're the manager of the dollar store or if today you're going to, you know, Monday you're going to go downtown and work in a multi-million, billion-dollar company. We have people here work for Coca-Cola. It doesn't matter where you go. Every business place is looking for success. And God says, you use it. You use it. You see, when was the last time you said, God, I want to use worldly wealth to gain friends in heavenly places? Oh, I just want money for my four and no more. Shame on you. Shame on you for only praying about your family. Shame on you. God is saying, you know what, you're not even thinking like the world does. You know what the world is all into right now? Just watch them on these celebrity shows. They're all about these, uh, these giving things, these charities. They love to be known for Angelina Jolie. Look what she does in Africa. Brad Pitt. Look what he, well, look what he does in uh, you know uh, New Orleans. Shame on the Christians for not fighting for those positions to be the best so that we could say, yes, we brought in three million dollars, or yes, we brought in 30, I don't care, it doesn't matter the amount, we're not trying to make you feel bad, Jesus didn't say an amount to try to make you feel bad, like lower middle class people are not as good as upper middle, that is not the point, the point is, where you are on your job, in your business, are you fighting to be the best, are you asking God for shrewdness, for creativity, so that you'll be picked, not just so you and your family can have a nice house, so that you can supply the kingdom of God. I would rather you be the millionaire than your boss be the millionaire. God would rather you get those jobs than the next guy get those jobs. Do you support missions? Do you support offering? Do you support building funds? Your prayer needs to be, God, make me a blessing so I can use worldly wealth to win heavenly friends. Look at what, I mean, it's what the Bible says. If I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself, so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Use your money to win souls. Store treasures up in heaven. And so I pray, I pray. You don't think, let me just say this before I say what I'm going to pray. You don't think David Green has competition? You don't think people are trying to take money from his business? You don't think there's other companies trying to outdo him? Better deals, better advertising, more days. We're open on Sunday, and we'll give you two for one on Sunday just to put him out of business. You don't think it's a dog-eat-dog world where he lives? You think people are just letting him make $2 billion this year? People are fighting to take him out, but they're praying for creativity. They're praying for shrewdness. They're praying for customer service. They're praying for cleanliness. They're asking God in everything we do from the top on down, let us be bigger. Let us be better. Let us be more excellence to take out the competition. Come on, somebody. God wants winners. You're getting fired from a job. Now, there are things that happen that are out of your control, and I don't want to make good people feel bad. But I'm just saying, you get fired from a job for not showing up, not producing, You need to to say you're sorry that you called yourself a Christian there. And you need to find out what your purpose is and get back on that next job and pick yourself back up and say, this is going to be different. I'm going to come early. I'm going to stay late. I'm going to outperform. If I don't know what they need me to do, I'm going to get trained on the side. I'll do whatever it takes to be successful here because I don't just have my family riding on me. God is expecting me to be more shrewd than the children of, of darkness are because I'm a child of light using worldly wealth to gain friends. Amen? People get all upset in the world and they say, well, all these pastors have this money. Well, you know, all those rappers have that money. All those sports stars have that money. I would rather have the church have the money than these bozos wasting it. I would, I would rather have pastors that I know you, know, you know New Life Covenant bought a $2 million property, going to build $25 million there. Shame on any of us as Christians to have a problem with that. You don't have a problem with the, 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 uh, the Trump Tower. You don't have a problem with the Sears Tower. You don't have a problem with Great America. You don't have a problem with Sixth, all of that. Shame on us as Christians. I would rather have Choco have $25 million by 10,000 people than to have it go to the world, because they're going to win souls with it. Amen. Praise God. We're going to bless people and we're not jealous of others. Well, look at that church. They bought this. I'm not jealous of them. We serve the same God. It's our God. Amen. Sound like Pastor Choco has a different God. That's my God that's blessing him. And if God is doing it for my big brother, he's going to do it for me. My turn is coming. Amen. Praise God. You better respect it. Amen. Don't, Don't hate. Appreciate. Praise God. And I'm telling you, men, you know, every business, and unless, unless you're a part of a business like Solyndra or some business that's meant to fail, I guarantee you go right now to your company and you ask them, do you guys want to win here? Do you guys want to succeed? Do you want hard I guarantee they're going to say, yes, yes, yes. And you could say to them, I'm that person. Give me the ball, coach. I'm going to be the best I can be. Whether, Like I said, whether it's delivering the product, whether it's making the product in the factory. I come from a small town in Indiana, you know, millionaires, probably couple in the whole town, the whole city. You know, we come from a blue-collar town there. But you know what? You work hard. You become consistent at what you do. And, and you, you work on the floor of the factory, you become the manager of the factory. Okay, you do whatever it takes, you become the best. Amen? Let me give you this last one here now, stewardship. Turn with me to Matthew 25:14 through 20. You heard uh, David Green talk about this. And as we're turning here, let me just tell you a personal story. See, I'm a first generation pastor. See, I'm the opposite of David Green. See, he came from all pastors, second, third generation, all pastors. all of his siblings are pastors. I'm the first pastor, excuse me, the first pastor in my family. That means you know what my dad was? Businessman. You know what his dad was? Businessman. Came from Poland with nothing. Worked hard. Owned properties all over the city. He worked as a co-worker. Then he, worked as a, uh, then he came to the city here. He worked as a postman. Saved up his money. Bought one property. Bought two properties. By the time he, he, he died, he had tens and tens of properties. Big apartment building. Came here as a Polish immigrant. My grandpa, my dad was a businessman. Financial planner. See, I grew up with businessmen. My uncles, businessmen. You understand? Businessmen. I, I, that's, that's what I should have been in the world's mind. A businessman. And I don't understand what it takes, okay? But I also watch my dad start a business and it failed. I also watch him take risks and they not work out. I've watched people give it everything they have. But here's what you do as a Christian. What you don't do is you don't start robbing from God and then ask him to bless you. That's the first thing you don't do. Okay, even while my dad was losing his business, he still tithed. Because he knew the only way out of this was God. He's not going to come under a curse and then ask God to help him. You can talk to him when he comes. There's 60-year-old businessman retired, gave while his business was going down. Because he knew, and it wasn't to me, okay? So don't think it's all about Joe or the pastor you're talking to. Okay, they're not trying to manipulate you guys. My dad went to his own church and he gave the tithe to that pastor because he knew, hey, if I'm going down, God's coming with me. Because he's going to lift me back up. I ain't going through this by myself. Amen? And God gave him double for his trouble. As a 40-year-old man, he had to reposition himself, re-educate himself, go into a whole new business. My dad started in his 40s a business he had never done his entire life. And that business for the next year has made him more successful than all the years he had ever done in business. Okay? But I grew up in a family where this is what we were taught. You give 10% to God. You give 10 You mow the lawn, Joe. You get $10 a week. You're giving a dollar to Jesus. Okay, We need to put that back on our minds again. We need to put that back in our heart again, that we're here for God. Amen? Look at the stewardship. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. So here's another example. A man owns property. See, not everybody in the church is broke, busted, and disgusted. Okay, This is a person that had some money. He had a property. He went on a journey. Then he gave one five talents of money. Somebody say, money. Amen. The other two talents, and we'll just say this in our language, he gave one $5,000, another $2,000, and another $1,000, one talent, according to his ability. Okay, so some of us, were like, you know what? God gave this person $5,000, God gave me $2,000, that's not fair. God said, it ain't up to you to decide what's fair. I'm the creator. I'm the creator. It's not fair that you were here in America and people are in India right now using the bathroom with their left hand. Do you want to play the fair game right now? It's not fair that you're walking with two legs and there's people, invalids, in a wheelchair right now. God decides on earth what talents you have, where you're born. All of that's called God's sovereignty, amen? So wherever you open up your eyes and you say, here I am, then that's where you start. If you start in a wheelchair, you start in a wheelchair. If you're starting with all the talents you have, 5,000, it doesn't matter where you start in life. Just say, Lord, I'm your servant and your servant is listening, amen? Okay, one he gives 5,000, another he gives 2,000, and the other he gives 1,000, according to their ability. Then he goes on a journey. The one who had 5,000 talents went at once, put his money to work. Somebody say, work it. Put his money to work and gained five more. Instead of 5,000, now he's got 10,000. Amen. Says the man who also had two talents gained two more. Come on, somebody say, "Multiply!" Praise God. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. See, now this is some of us what we think. We think, oh, God doesn't expect me to do much. God doesn't expect me to do much with my talent, so I'm not going to waste it. I don't serve the devil. Don't get me wrong. I don't kill, rape, or murder anybody. I'm a good person, but we put our talent right in the ground. Look what happens to this guy. Let's keep going. It says, after a long time, somebody say a long time. Come on, we're waiting for Jesus. It's been a long time, 2,000 years. The master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with him. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents, and I have gained five more. His uh, His master replied to him, "Excuse me. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness." 22. The man who had two talents also came and said, Master, you've given me two. I've gained two more. Look at verse 23. His master replied, Well done. Can everybody say, Well done? done. Thank you. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I am so happy for a God who blesses us. Amen? Amen. He wouldn't have to bless us. We could just be his slaves all the time. He could say, You know what? You just do it because I said so. I am going to fry you on a barbecue called hell. But I'm so thankful God says, you know what, you serve me, I'm going to make life good for you. And then I'm going to bless you in eternal life and give you more than you've ever, ever seen, any eye has seen or ear has heard. He's being so good to these people. Now look right here, 24. Then the man who had received one talent came, Master. He said, I know you're a hard man. He said, Harvesting, where you have not sown, gathering, where you have not scattered seed. That gives you an understanding of the work ethic of that Master. You see, successful people are there for a reason. Even if they're some of these socialites who are these trust fund babies, for them to keep that money, they have to be successful. They, somewhere along the line, if you look at a successful person, they had to be successful. They may be blowing that success now, but to have gotten there, to have stayed there, they had to work hard. Are you all listening? Amen. Let's not have class warfare here. People who got there. See, we look at Hobby Lobby. Oh, he's so rich. What does he understand? He had to work hard to get there. See, the people who own this building, I could say, all these landlords, they don't understand charging us $8,000 a month. They're just greedy. No, they had to work hard to get here, to own this building. See, we need to understand. People work hard to get what they have in this life. He said, I know that you're a hard man. Oh, come on. Somebody say hard man. Might remind you of your pastor a little bit. Come on, somebody. Hard man, hard working man, harvesting where you have not sown gathering, where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I was afraid. And I went out. And I hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Now you're thinking like little Dito Jesus is going to come up to him and go, Oh, Dito, oh, you just a poor little thing. You just went out and just hit it. Well, I'm so glad you didn't spend it on crack. I'm so glad you didn't become a crack addict. Thanks for not using it on heroin. Yeah, guys, look, he didn't smoke heroin with the money. You see, so often we say to the other church members, well, at least I don't smoke crack. At least I don't do heroin. Yeah, I'm a good person. Look, I'm a good Do you give your time? Not really, but I'm a good person. Do you do anything for anybody else other than you? No, every now and then I give. I do a garage sale and I give them a discount. Come on, somebody. Look at what he said. You, you, You poor thing. Is that what he says? His master replied, you poor thing. I feel so sorry for you. Let me give you a bailout. No. He replied to him, You wicked, lazy servant. You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. Why then should you have not just put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would receive it back with interest? Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. This is the opposite of socialism, friends. You see, you think when we get to heaven, the one with ten talents is going to spread it out to all of you, that you're going to get a reward on your crime because of what somebody else did. No, my friend, if you don't live for God, you're going to get your reward taken, and it's going to go to the one with all the other jewels. Bing! Because Jesus is a capitalistic God. He is not here to try to make it feel fair for you. If you get an F on your test, but somebody gets an A, he's going to share that A, and you both get C's. It ain't happening like that, friends. He took the talent from the lazy servant and said, you know what, I'm going to give it to the one who had five and gave five more. He said, I'm going to, well then, you should have put the money to work and then you would have received it back with interest. Take that talent from him, give it to the one who has ten, for whoever, for everyone who has will be given more. And he will have an abundance. Somebody say an abundance. So you don't Hey, you need to celebrate. Whoever does not have, whoever does not have, even that which he does have will be taken from him. Now look at this. You think I'm playing. This is Jesus talking. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, some people come to this church and they say, Pastor, you, you preach hard and all this. You know what the problem is? People don't read their Bible anymore. I'm preaching like Jesus you know, that, that person you celebrated, to, you know, the 25th? I preach like that guy. That guy called people worthless. That guy said he's going to throw people into hell who don't put to work the talents he gave them. We're not going to be rewarded for what we didn't do on this earth. Well, let's just reward them all, angels, for what they didn't do. This one could have been a real bad murderer and, and, and this. No, he's going to reward us for what we do. Stop talking about what you don't do. I don't do this, I don't do this, and I don't do... It don't matter what you don't do. What have you done for God lately? Here's what the Bible says. Summarizing stewardship and to care for another's goods. You are given talents by God to use for His kingdom. Did you ever figure out yet? Have you figured out yet where you got the ability to be so good at what you're good at? You see, all Tim Tebow was doing in football is just giving the credit back to where it really came from. Have you figured out where your talents came from to sell, to build, to be a mechanic, to be a construction worker, to work in the warehouse, to be dependable? Have you figured out where your talents come from? They come from God. Last time I checked, you weren't forming your brain and brain cells in a laboratory and bringing that into your, you know, into your mind, okay? Last time I checked, you were using all that God had already given you. That's why it's just such an insult to live for money and greed. That's why the Bible says you will not serve two masters here. Because those people who have those talents, the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates, and they think that was them? and then they spend money however they want on things that benefit them, God says you will be thrown into a lake of fire. You are a worthless servant. You did not know I gave you that mind. He gave Steve Jobs that mind. He gave Bill Gates that mind. There shouldn't be one church ever having to do a building fund because all of these successful businesses in America and the billions and trillions of dollars should be supporting their churches. The only reason why we have to do and you're good people and that's why you're here and you've got to help us out is because the empty chairs, they're not doing it with you. If everybody just did their part, we would always be like Moses and the people of God where Moses said, that's enough giving right now, we're good for today. We're, we got it now, guys. We gave our tithe, the offerings, way more than enough. Go and give it back to your family. We have enough here now. If all the businessmen, all the people up here on Old Irving Park, all the people, the landlords who own this building, if they all did what God told them to do with the talent he gave them, there would never be one building fund. All of our churches around the world would be being met. We spend more on dog food and pet food than we do on foreign missions. You, you, you see Petco? You ever see those stores? Go in there one day. People coming in out buying stuff for their dogs, buying stuff for their pets. We as Americans spend more on our pets. Nothing wrong with it. we got little you know, fishes too. But I'm saying, <laughs> we spend more on that than we do on missions. Amen? It says, you are given talents by God for his kingdom. You will be rewarded for what you multiply. See, hear that? You will be rewarded for what you multiply. It's your job to multiply, to be the best at what you've been given. Like I said, it's not a dollar and cents thing it's not a position we're not saying everybody be a ceo and a millionaire and if not you're nothing in god's kingdom my mother worked at a nurse's a as a nurse's aide. okay my dad lost a business there's people in this church that do some of the most menial jobs in society picking up garbage, sweeping floors, and working in the back rooms and warehouses, hot in the summer, cold in the winter. But that's not what God is talking. God understands that. He's talking about people before take care of vineyards. Those are lowly people. He He calls himself a shepherd. We're not talking about judging each other by class right now. What we're talking about is wherever you are with the talents you have, are you multiplying them? Are you saying to your job, Hey, man, I've been, I've been good at working this shift with the, you know, the, the 10 orders. You could put me in charge of 14 orders. I've been good at working on these vehicles. You could put me in the manager. I can train these 10 guys how to work. You know, it's just whatever you're saying is, God, to the boss, I'm dependable. Number three, if you bury your talent, you'll be punished. When you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. Amen. Would you stand up to your feet today? Can you bless the Lord for a good message on stewardship and shrewdness? Amen. Band, would you come? I hope it's blessed you today to encourage you to do awesome wherever you go tomorrow. Here's something in closing just to think about. No matter where you are in life, there's three T's that you can give to the Lord right now and be very successful in life. According to God, Matthew 6:33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added. Here's the three T's of giving. We can all give our time. We can give our time. All of us have been given 24 hours a day, 168 hours a week. We can give our time. Give your time to things that make God successful and your family successful. God, family, God, family. Bring your kids up in church. Make time for church. Give it to God. Volunteer with your kids. Do the Royal Rangers thing. Come on. So many things. Well, I gotta take my kid here. I'm sorry, my kid doesn't have time to go to your Royal Rangers. Why not? Because they go to, they go to dancing, they go to this. They go, oh, come on, are you serious? Do you want to face that on judgment? You may get into a lot of trouble for that. You better be careful. Because I got some guys here in the back that will tell you what happened when they went on Boy Scout trips. I'll tell you what happened when I was a part of football teams, what we talked about. My friend's parents, if all you do is keep putting them in secular things, they're going to lose the chance of getting a Christian worldview. Royal Rangers and Impact isn't just a little icing on on the top of your cake. We're trying to say this is a good place for them to make friends, to, to do hobbies. It's a good place, okay? Time. We can all give time. Number two, we all got talents. Everybody has a talent. Let God use you in that. I just challenge you to pray, God, make me successful in what you've given me to do. And let me just encourage the men here. There is nothing more discouraging than a man suffering In a time where he can't have a job. Okay, I've seen it myself personally. And I've watched it with men in this church the last three or four years. Men, don't beat yourself up. Just get up and fight again. Get up and fight again. If they don't need your talent right now, wherever you were at, find a place that does. If you've been used to working on one talent and they just don't seem to need it with the economy, find another talent. You're multifaceted. Okay, I'm just speaking to the men here that may have gotten discouraged during this time. Don't give up. You keep fighting. Okay, And then lastly, we got treasures. Let's give away our treasures. I'll never forget that time I came home from break, and my dad would never really let me drive his Cadillac, you know, just wouldn't let me do it. Sedan so DeVille, okay? But I came home one time, and I said, Dad, where's the caddy? He said, oh, I let somebody from the church borrow it. I'm like, the church? That's the from the church? What about me? Why can't I borrow it? And he said, oh, it was a man from the church. He had a job interview in Indianapolis. And he really felt that he could get it and he needed a ride. And I'm like thinking to myself, well, then let him borrow mom's car or something, you know. (laughs) Why would you give him your car? But but see, for my dad, his car was available for somebody else to use. Now, we're talking about being wise, okay. You don't want to probably do that with everybody, you know. But, you know, I'm just saying we need to share our treasures, Share the things that God gave us. Remember we were taught that? That if you love somebody, you share. It's better to share. Remember when we were kids? Share that toy. Whatever happened to that? We don't share anything anymore. Hardly ever do you find people sharing. Let's share again. You've got something that somebody else in this church needs. Share it with them. Help them. Somebody can't afford a haircut you cut haircuts give them a deal If they become a beggar then deal with it Then god doesn't bless begging. Okay, but but help and share be the one that shares And then if they take advantage of you, then you'll go from there But don't just say "I don't want anybody take advantage of me, you know, i'm just not going to share No, don't start with that attitude deal with it after the fact Let's be a church that gives our time talents and treasures. Amen Let's pray father. I thank you today for the service prayer workers. Would you come? We're going to dismiss in just a moment, but if you need prayer today, we're going to ask you to come and receive it, especially if you're struggling financially, nothing to be embarrassed of, ashamed of. Like I said, my dad lost a business. I've seen good Christian men lose businesses during this time, so we're going to close out in prayer, and if you need a prayer for your business or increase or you're a young person, I've got people graduating college now, and They're saying, there's nothing for for my career. I just went to school for four years. We want to pray for you today. We want to pray because you still have talents. You are multifaceted. God is going to use you. And then for those who just want to dream big, maybe there's some David Greens in the house today. Maybe you're a young David Green, and you just want us to pray for you to be successful, to put this new idea to work. We're going to pray for anyone today that just needs prayer for finances shrewdness stewardship don't leave out of here until these altar workers pray and if you have any need it doesn't matter what it is any need healing encouragement salvation we want to pray with you today let's get ready to dismiss don't leave unless you pray because i mean unless you need it because because god's going to bless you today lord thank you for the service Help all those who need encouragement today to come forward. Receive prayer. Let them not walk out if you're the same way they came in. Lord, and now we lift up our businesses. Would you pray 30 seconds for wherever you're employed at. And ask God to bless you in that business. To bless your managers, your bosses, the owners. Some of you work for very liberal companies. Pray that God will speak to those owners. That they'll stop using their money to support homosexual agendas and abortion and all of that. That they'll give it to missions. Come on, God. We pray for the success of our businesses. Do you know that no matter where Joseph was, he built success? In the places he was, when he worked for Potiphar, he brought success to Potiphar. When he was in the prison, he made that prison successful. And when he worked for Egypt, he was successful. This is not the first generation to deal with wickedness. Daniel was a successful governor in Babylon. Praise God, he'll use you. Even if it's a company that doesn't even care about God, God will use you there by being successful. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, we ask you to bless us this week. Help us to be successful in all we do. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. Can we bless the Lord today? Come on, slap your neighbor high five and say, God bless you. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up. We'll pray with you now. If not, enjoy the week. Enjoy the cafe. We'll see you at Life Groups.